Welcome to the Victory Family Church Newcastle podcast. We wanted to thank you for joining us today, and we pray that this message will inspire you, encourage you, and hopefully challenge you to become everything that God called you to be. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning. Welcome to Victory Family Church. If you're a first-time guest with us today, thank you so much for being here. We count it a privilege and honor that you would join us and and be here with us today. I'm not Pastor Matt, obviously. Uh, I am David Donaldson. I'm the lead campus pastor of Victory Family Church, Chickasha. And uh, come on, yeah. We're so pumped, so excited for what God's going to do there. And uh, I believe it's going to be incredible. And uh, so if you have family there, go ahead and invite them and tell them to get ready because we're coming and it's going to be good. It's going to be great. Uh, but uh, anyways, it's, it's just an honor to be able to preach here on this platform. We get to share this platform with such incredible leaders as your pastors, Pastor Matt and Julie Porter. They honestly, guys, I don't know. They, to me, they love Jesus probably more than anybody I know. Like they love the church more than anybody I know. And they love people probably more than anybody I know. And there's always constantly pushing me, pushing my wife, pushing us as a team to get better. And it's just so great to work alongside such incredible people. So can we give it up for your pastors this morning? Come on. Yeah, uh, man, it's so, so good. They, literally, there's, there's all the time Matt will send me texts on like, hey, hey, encouraging me or hey, get ready for these things because it's coming. Uh, and so, and it's just so good to have somebody who's like, hey, this is going to be real with you. This is what it is. And so just be ready, man. It's going to be great. Uh, even when we were down there in Chickasha praying at the building, he was like, man, this is, this is good. It's going to be incredible. It's gonna be, so he's it's, it's just always encouraging. So love, love, love your pastors and uh, and, long, and working alongside them. It's great. Um, today I'll be uh, talking through Hebrews chapter 11. Um, and so I want to give you a little backstory and what, what kind of what kind has of taken place here. So in Hebrews chapter 11, the writer of Hebrews takes us on kind of this, this faith journey through this, this honestly, it's like, it's like a hall of fame of people of faith. And so the writer's taking us, he's going here and he's, he's writing, he's telling these Jewish leaders to remind them of the importance of faith, like why faith is important. He goes all the way from literally Abel's sacrifice to the walls of Jericho. And while there is an entire sermon series within these passages, I just want to unpack a few of them today. Uh, we, could, we could talk about all of them if you want, but I would rather probably not uh, go through every single one of these passages and preach individual sermons on them today. But we're going we're gonna to unpack some of these scriptures, see what God would speak to us through Hebrews 11. Because this is what, this honestly what I know is that uh, the more we learn about the past, the better it prepares us for the future. And so let's learn from the past so we can be better going So in Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse 1, it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the convictions of things not seen. For by it the people of old receive... I'm I'm so messed up on this word right now. They receive their... Uh, yes, commendation. There, there it is. I'm telling you, like, my mind is not here today. Um, it is going crazy. But by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, which, uh, through which was his comment, uh, <laughs> commended as righteousness but uh, commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he would not, so he should not see death. That's pretty incredible to me. Uh, and uh, And was not found 
Because God had taken. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that rewards those who seek him. By faith Noah, being warned by God concerning the events as yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness that comes by faith. And by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place that he was received his inheritance. And when he went out, not knowing where he was going, and by faith he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob. Heirs with him is the same promise. For he who was looking forward to the city that's foundations whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age since, uh, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born the descendants as many as the stars in the heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. God, we love you. God, I thank you so much for the word of God. God, I thank you for how it pushes us and it challenges us each and every day. And God, I pray that today that we would lean in to the scriptures, that we would understand and learn the unforced rhythms of grace that is found here. But God, that we would put our faith and trust and hope in you going forward. God, I pray today that the Clemson Tigers would not win the national championship. Even though I'm not an LSU fan, I still will be rooting for the purple and gold. In Jesus' name, amen. In hindsight, I could thank God could care less about it, um, but in all honesty, I really don't want Clemson to win. I'm tired of seeing them win. Like, I heard their record last night. I was like, I don't know, like 32-0, and 0, and I was like, who cares? I don't want to see you lose. I, I don't know. It's like, I, I love baseball. I don't like seeing the Yankees win. Like, I don't like, it's just, I don't know what it is. The teams who have this history of winning, I just don't like to see them win, so it is what it is, I guess. Um, but, but anyways, uh, let's move on. I'm not here to preach about football today. Uh, so, but I'm not a big fan of going to the grocery stores, and I don't know if you are. I'm just, I'm just not. And so, like, online shopping has kind of revolutionized my life. And even you can online shop at Walmart, pull up. People come out with groceries and put them in your car. Well, they've taken it a step further. You can have them delivered to your house. Like, they would bring them to your house. I was like, who are these people, these geniuses of Walmart, you know? And so it just honestly made me excited. But what it made me excited for is this. is like when I go shopping, there is, a, there is a plus side to it because I find stuff I'm not really used to finding. Like I find stuff and I'm like, I get pumped about it. Like I'm going to enlighten you on something here. Pastor Matt knows about these. I don't know what anybody else does. But there's these chips called wrap snacks. Anybody ever seen wrap snacks? No. Like there's like Matt, no, we got, we got one more. Rap snacks, their rap snacks are incredible. Like there's something called Migos, and it's like sour cream with a dab of ranch. Best chips I've ever eaten in my life. Like I would have never found these had I not been in Walmart or a sketchy gas station. That's about the only place you're going to find them. So Walmart, sketchy gas stations, wrap snacks. And when you find them, you'll, I promise, just take my word for it. Eat them. You're going to love them. You're going to love them. You're going to be like, I went to church today to get some rap snack. Anyways, that's not. So, but anyways, you go shopping, you get all these grocery bags, and then, like, you get home, and then you open the trunk or you open the back of the car, and you're like, oh, i got to carry all these in. But if you're any good human, 
You're not making multiple trips. Like in your mind, you open that and you see all those bags and you're like, I'm not like, you don't think, man, I'm going to make 20 trips today getting all these groceries. And you don't think that. No, what we do is we get everything we can in one load. Like, right. Like we will break our arms. Like we'll put bags up to our shoulders because heaven forbid, I'm going back out to the car to get another bag. Right. Like we live on the third story or the third floor of our apartment complex. And I'm like, which is dumb anyways. And I'm walking up there like this. I'm like, by the time I get to the door, I'm like, oh my gosh, my arms are going to fall off. Open the door. You know, like we're telling people, then we get there and we lay them on the counter and literally the bread is smashed. Like it doesn't even look like a loaf of bread anymore. The chips are busted, canned goods go over. But in that moment, we have literally just won the Olympic games in bag carrying, right? Like it is like, whoo, big feet just happened right here. We've carried everything we could. We put everything on us that we could possibly carry, right? And we just laid it on the counter. And I feel like we treat our faith a lot like this. Like we grab everything that we can within our faith and we carry it to the counter of Sunday. Each and every week we just grab everything we can by faith and we're like, oh, I just got to make it one more week. I got to make it to the counter of Sunday so I, whew, I can just lay it down. Oh, it was so good. Like I won something. Uh, but really, it's, I think our faith is less about carrying it to the counter of Sunday uh, and just not, not trying to grab it all at once, but the learning as each and every step as each and every day that we go. Which we don't, it don't have to be an all-in-one thing, but we, we treat it like this, right? Like, because we treat it, when we treat it all-in-one, we think real believers can, real believers can hold on to God like nobody else. Real believers, right, they're carrying everything, they never waver. Like, they're, 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 they're solid. Like, they don't, they don't ever have a, a thought of, well, maybe not. Like, no, no, no. Like, they never waver. They never doubt. There's never a doubt. Like, they know, right? Like, that's what real believers do. So they try to carry everything. Like, we can put so many things on this. Like, real believers never. And we can just fill in the blank with numerous things that come to mind. Because that's what a real faith-filled believer does. When, when the scripture, when we look at scripture, it's really kind of not the reality. Like, there's not a reality of, like, this, this way that we have to carry everything. But the issue, but it comes like this, like issue by issue and bad report by bad report, we carry our faith by rushing to the counter of Sunday. Uh, like an issue came up, so I got to carry all this to Sunday. Like, I, I, this, this came up, I have a bad report, so I got to carry it to Sunday. When really, I think it's less about carrying it to Sunday and carrying it about and carrying it each and every day for God, getting closer to God, because it's not, there's not something, I mean, Sundays are incredible, but they're not magical. Does that make sense? Like, our faith can grow each and every day. It doesn't just happen, have to happen in this place. Like, we can get closer to God on, on Monday, because this is what happens when we carry our faith all in once to the, to the counter of Sunday, is that when we arrive there, we realize that, oh man, tomorrow's Monday, and this starts all over again. And my faith's not getting any stronger, and it's just, just carrying and carrying and carrying. And we start to hold on to, and we start to carry the entirety of faith based around a circumstance and not necessarily a way of life. Faith is a way of life. It's not centered and focused around a circumstance or an issue, but it's a way of life. So when we hear the word faith, or faith is mentioned, or it kind of triggers things in our mind like, oh, I should try harder, or oh, I should just keep holding on, or maybe I should do more, or maybe I should read my Bible, or, or maybe I should, maybe I don't know, wear a cross on my neck. Like, I, I don't know, like, what is this? Like, maybe I should pray more. Maybe I should sing songs of worship. Maybe I should quit flipping people off. Like, Okay, the last one's probably a little bit true. Uh, like you should probably stop doing that. But there's all these things that we think we have to do, and there's really no perfect way to do this. But the thing that we just have to do is keep going to Jesus, like keep getting closer to him. Because when we think, 
if all we have to do is hang on real tight, then, then we think, oh man, if I don't hang on tight, then this, this thing called faith is going to slip through my fingers. This thing, if, I, if I doubt at any moment, then do I really even have faith? And so we start to put these thoughts and this pressure on us. And we think that, it's, no, this is, the way to understand it is this is a daily thing. And when we think and believe and see that these, this faith is like this, it's acts of faith, these aren't moments in life, it's a lifestyle. This is what we do. This is who we are. This is who I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm going to do. In response to faith like this, we make decisions based on emotions, not on promises of God. Like, I'm, I'm an emotionally unstable right now, so I'm going to make a decision instead of like, no, no, the promises of God say this, so by faith I'm going to step. By faith I'm going to move because well, Scripture bears it out, so I'm going to live this thing. So I'm going to do this thing, so I'm going to be this. But when we do this, we treat our faith as a seasonal diet that changes with the difficulties of life. Look, it's, it's not like your, your faith is not a seasonal diet. Like it's not a New Year's resolution. Like it is literally something that we're supposed to live out every single day. Like faith should not be treated as a diet, but a true spiritual lifestyle change. Like I'm changing my lifestyle to be closer to God. Where we choose daily to live faith, put faith into action. It's not just a bunch of words, but it's faith in action. It's moving us, it's motivating us. And as we walked through these passages of scriptures, as we read through them, I was able to see a couple things, and God just kind of spoke, and some things lifted off the paper to me, and I want to share those things with you. And this is how we live out our faith. And we're able to learn so much, and we're willing to lean into and learn from these scriptures. So the first thing I think, I think that we should probably do is obey. Like, really, I know that sounds super simplistic and super basic, but as we read in Hebrews eleven eight, 8, it says, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. A different translation says it this way. Faith motivated Abraham to obey God's call to leave the familiar. To discover the territory he was destined to inherit from God. So he left with only a promise. And without even knowing ahead of time where he was going. Abraham stepped out into faith. A relationship with God is not necessarily about a destination. It leads to a destination, but it's not the destination that is what's important. Our destination is a walk in relationship with Jesus. That's, that's it. That's, that should be our destination. It's a walking relationship with Jesus. It's to be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit when he tells us to do something and to keep going, like to keep doing this thing. Like, so if I say I get injured and I go to the doctor, and I go to the doctor, I don't go there and I start telling him, well, I might tell him, okay, well, this is what's hurting, this is where I feel bad, but then I don't tell him how to do his job, right? I'm like, okay, well, this is what you need to do. You need to cut here, and you need to put this here, and you need to take ligaments from here. Like, I, no, 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 I just trust him. I'm like, you know what you're doing, and I'm going to trust you. And then, and then it goes a little step further than that, that I begin to trust the physical therapist because they're going to get me back to 100%. See, it's the same, th- it's the same thing with God in, the, in this thing called faith, is that I trust what he's going to do. I lean in and I trust him. I trust why? Because God's been there and done that. He has a resume to to do these things. So I'm going to trust him. I go to the doctor because he knows what he's doing. He's educated and he's gone to school to to help me, to fix me, to make me better. I go to God because his resume is is flawless and he can help me and he can make me better. and And why? And all this is is a process of me getting closer to Jesus. 
I don't realize that I'm broken. I don't realize that I'm flawed. But as I get closer to him, I start realizing all these insecurities begin to come out. And God's like, here, let me, let me help you in this. Let me take you somewhere that's unfamiliar. Let me take you somewhere that's unseen. You can't see where you're going, but I'm going to lead you there. So we trust. And so how do we do this? By faith. It's faith. Faith is like a radar that sees through the fog. The reality of things at a distance that the human eye cannot see. Faith is like a radar that sees through the fog. The reality of things at a distance that the human eye, we, we can't see it. That's what faith is. So the, it's picking up. It knows what's there. It knows what's coming down the road. It doesn't need to make sense. I don't have to know every detail of it. I just need to know that I don't have to see the end. I just have to trust God. What I need to understand and know is who is leading me. Who's leading me? Well, God's leading me. So I'm going to continue to follow him. And as long as Jesus is first and I trust him, my next step is something simple. So it's, it's obedience, right? Like oh, Abraham obeyed. So what I should do is just obey. Like, okay, God, this is what you want me to do. Then I'm going to do it. Obey God's call and leave the familiar to discover the territory that was destined to inherit. Our obedience will oftentimes cause us to leave something that is familiar to discover what we were destined to become or destined to be. Like, it's, it's something so familiar. Like, I'm good. I'm good and comfortable here. But sometimes I feel like our faith is not comfortable. It's not about being comfortable. Honestly, I think it's about being uncomfortable more than it is being comfortable. So it's stepping out and doing something different. Look, you didn't get the job. Guess what? It's, it's, it's okay. Keep sending out your resume. Keep putting your best foot forward. Keep going to interviews. You keep stepping out in faith and allow God to open the right door at the right time. Allow him to open it and to say, okay, now, now this is the moment. That, that doesn't mean that we just sit back and do nothing. No, like that doesn't mean we just sit back and like, I'm just believing in God. Did you send out a resume? No, I'm just trusting God. No, you're being an idiot. Like you need to put your best foot forward and allow God to do what God's going to do. Right? Like it's like, no, no, I'm going to step. God's going to be faithful. I'm a, it's blind. I can't see where I'm going. It's foggy, but I, I'm going to trust him. I know he's going to lead me. I know he's not going to leave me alone. I know he's going to continue to lead and guide me in this. So we keep sending those things out. We keep putting, we allow God to open the right door at the right time. Our faith sometimes is like walking in the fog. And although we don't see where we're going, we trust who he's leading us because he's leading us somewhere far better than where we currently are. And in this walk, sometimes the fog lifts enough where we're like, man, that's where I'm supposed to be, right there. And we kind of even in our minds, when the fog comes back down, we're like, okay, so that had to be like a 100 more paces. And so we, we get so caught up on the destination that God's like, you know when you're teaching your kids to walk and they're taking a couple steps and you're like taking a step away from them? That's what God's doing to us. He's like, you think you're where you're supposed to be, but I have something so much better for you. If you would just keep walking, keep trusting me. And it's the same thing. Like, we're wanting what's best for our kids and teaching them to walk, and God's doing the same thing. Like, just keep walking to me. Come on. Like, you're never at your destination until you're in heaven. Like, so we're just going to keep walking, and as we do that, we're drawing closer to him the whole time. So when we have, when we have a relationship with God like this, we see stepping out of a boat of familiarity, a must. Think about the disciples in the boat, right? They're all sitting there. Peter steps out and they're probably like, no. I mean, at some point, even in his mind, he probably thought, this is crazy. Why would I step out of the boat? But he was so familiar. And I think he was so comfortable that he was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to do this. And I often think like, how many were the other guys offered the same thing? Like, were they offered? Hey, y'all can all come out here. Like, you don't have to stay in the boat. 
But he was the only one to say, you know what, I'm going I'm to do it. This, is, this seems crazy, but sometimes our faith is like that. It seems a little crazy. And what we must do is, is, is when we step out, that shaky stuff, substance beneath our feet all of a sudden becomes solid because it's God moving in every moment. And we just have to trust him in that. And we have to believe that he's going to move on our behalf. The second thing is this, is that come to the end. In verse 11, it says, By faith Sarah herself received the power to conceive, even when she had passed the age. Since, since she considered him faithful who had promised, therefore from one man and him as good as dead were born the descendants as many as the stars in the heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand on the seashore. Come to the end. Like, come to the end of what? Right? Like, honestly, like, come to the end of what? Like, the end of yourself. Like, you have to come, like, we have to come to the end of ourselves. Quit trying to make everything, like, like, there's a point where we put our best foot forward, and there's a point where we just, we're just going to make it happen. God ain't going to do it, I'll do it, right? Like, there's so many things that we do that on, like, God's not going to open this door? Guess what? I'll open this door, and we try to force it open, and God's like, that's not even the right door I want you to go through, so pump the brakes a little bit and slow down. Like, we, we, we have to trust Him. We have to know that He's doing what he's, come, what he's going to do is we have to come to the end of ourselves. The scripture says that Sarah was past her age, and Abraham was as good as dead. Like, they had come to the end of themselves. They had literally exhausted and tried everything to, for this child to be born, and it wasn't happening. Even though it seems unlikely, this is the perfect place to be. When you're at the end of yourself is the perfect place to be, because when we come to the end of ourselves, we unlock the miraculous move of God in our lives. When you come to the end of yourselves, God can truly begin to use you. I mean, I know this because I, I live this. And honestly, if I was to be like super transparent, I live this recently. So when Brittany and I were, we've been looking for a house since we moved here. Like, I don't know, August. And we've just been looking and looking and looking and like nothing's like, we're just like, nope, nope. Like either she loves it or I hate it or I hate it and hate it uh, more. So, um, but we're just like, no, this is not the one. It's not the one. And finally we went and looked at a house. And I was like, I hey, you know what? I feel like this is where we're supposed to be. I mean, I know there's some things that we need to do, but I feel like this is where we're supposed to be. And we, we, again, we just kept, okay, let's go look at more houses. We go look at more houses. We go look at more houses. We put an offer in on one house. We're like, boom, this is going to be it. And they said, no, we took the other offer. I was like, this is dumb. Like, we literally did everything we could possibly do. But what we were doing is that we were trying to force God to do something. He's like, no, 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 wait. Like, that's not what I want you to do. Even when it came time to, like, Brittany and I knew we were going to plant a church. And so we began to explore and look at different options. But God wanted us here. God wanted us here all along. What we were doing was trying to force something that God was saying, hey, look, look, just keep trusting me. Keep leaning into me. Keep listening to my still, small voice, and I'll lead you where you're supposed to go. Quit trying to do, come to the end of yourselves. And so when we came to the end of ourselves, God's able to open a door, and now we're able to put an offer, and hopefully everything goes through tomorrow. God willing, if not, hey, good, we're still going to trust him, right? If it falls, oh, well, God still has something out there for us. So we're going to trust and believe. We're here by the grace of God to, to launch Victory Family Chickasha because why? Because God destined us to be here. So we trusted him and we began to walk and follow him. We came to the end of ourselves and said, look, we can't do this anymore. So God, we're going to give it all to you. We're going to trust you. So I try and try to make it happen. But sometimes uh, God just sits back and like, he scratches his head like, what are you doing? Stop. Like literally come to the end of yourselves. Stop trying. Abraham and Sarah, oh, they tried. Right? They even tried so much to the extent that seriously, like Sarah was like, hey, look, like, go, go, sleep with, go sleep with Hagar because th that seems like the right thing to do since God's not working, right? Like, go sleep with the handmaid. Like, yeah, that's a good idea. And Abraham's like, sure, whatever. Like, you're my wife. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. 
and uh, he's, he's dumb. Uh, and yeah, but because that's going to work out well. Come on. No, stop. Like, stop, guys. Like, literally, come to the end of yourself and allow God to do what God's going to do. The most significant place we can find ourselves in faith is coming to the end of ourselves. Because when we do that, we truly set the stage for God to do something special. Not for us to do something special, but for him to do something special. I mean, could you imagine, like, honestly, like, I think about, like, this scripture, like, my grandparents having a kid, gross. Like, no, like, this is weird. Like, this is, why would you, well, God, why? But he's like, look, I'm going to, they're at the end of themselves. I can finally give them this promise because they stopped trying to make it happen themselves. When God says, or when, when we say, God, I can't, he says, I can. I can't do this anymore. He's like, good. Because now I can. Because you actually removed yourself from the equation. I, I can do this. And God uses this story to remind us that even though we can't, he can. You see, faith doesn't operate in the realm of the possible. There's no glory for God in which what we can do. Faith begins where man's power comes to an end. See, when we come to the end of ourselves, God saves. God heals. God resurrects. God sets free. God, he sets in motion the promises that we've longed for our whole lives. He does these things when we come to the end of ourselves. And the last thing is this is found in, in actually verses 13. It may look different. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on earth. So you probably just thought, wow, this was a really good message until now. You just scaled it for me. It's not going to be good. Hang on. It may look different. Incredible acts of faith, right? At the end of these incredible acts of faith, it says these heroes all died still clinging to their faith. Not even receiving all that had been promised to them, but they saw beyond the horizon the fulfillment of their promises and gladly embraced it from afar. You know, it, it doesn't always look like we think it's going to look. It doesn't. A few years ago, I guess it's been, it's been, it's been quite, I guess almost five now, we had a good friends of ours. Um, her fiance actually goes to the hospital, needs a heart transplant. He's had heart issues his entire life. He's having heart failure. Um, and so he's in, the, he's in the hospital, and so we're, we're up there seeing him, praying for him. Everybody, everybody in the world that we know is praying for them. Um, and so I remember going up there to see Tyler several times. And he's 21. I'm like, man, God's either going to heal you. I know it. God's going to do this thing. You're going to get a heart transplant. Like, it's going to happen. Like, it's good. let's do it. Every day, he's like, it's good, man. It's good. Just trust in God. And it didn't happen. Like, it, like, it didn't happen. And so I just, remember, I just remember thinking, like, God, like, what's the deal? Like, we prayed. Like, we had everybody praying. I mean, like, we had country singers. Like, I, like, like it's his family that were praying. Like, literally all on their tours, they'd pray for him. It's like, what's the deal? And he's just, he's just like, this is not always, this is not, I didn't, I didn't promise everything would be okay. Like, I just, just trust me. And so what I begin to learn is, is that through all this process, even though it doesn't look like I thought it was going to look, in this process, I got closer to him. And that's what he was desiring for me the whole time. Just because we have faith doesn't mean we get to see the end of things. Just because we have faith, in fact, it means that there might be a lack of resolution in some areas. And that's okay. A lack of resolution is a reminder that even though we're in the midst of something really terrible, that God's with us. That we're not alone. That we're right there. We just celebrated Christmas. We're talking about Emmanuel, God with us. He's with us. It's difficult. It's hard. We don't understand it. 
that's okay. He's with us. Why? Because we're getting stronger. We're getting closer to him. See, see the in-between, the in-between of not knowing, it's okay. Like, it's okay to be in the in-between. And even though it looks different than what you thought it would, it doesn't affect true things being true. Look, our friend, he got his healing. It just didn't look like what we thought it was going to look like. He's standing with God now. He's completely healed. And honestly, he got the better end of the deal. Right? He gets to stand with Jesus. I get to stand as him. He gets to stand with him. As long as my faith is rested in him. I, I, I just have to trust. And I still have to, to believe. You know, it looks different. It's okay. True things, guess what? They're still true. The promises of God are still the promises of God. They are now and they're not yet. They are here and yet to come. And that is okay. It's okay. Our faith is not a fairy tale where everything works out. It's not a Disney movie where, oh, it ends and everything's happy and it's good. No, no, no. It's not that. Like, everything doesn't always work out. But what's happening is we're becoming more like Jesus in this process. We're becoming more like him we're getting closer to him and faith is about becoming like jesus no matter the cost that we trust and see that god will work regardless of the outcome if we are healed or not it doesn't matter if he answers or he doesn't it doesn't matter my confessions don't change my beliefs don't change i'm still going to confess those things i'm still going to believe those things i'm still going to wait and see god move nothing changes with me but i'm getting closer to him the outcome is whatever it is it's the outcome god determines it and i'm okay with it but i'm going to trust him and i'm going to believe he can do it why because i'm becoming more like him in the process because as i'm trusting him as i'm believing him other people begin to look at my life and say man this this person lives differently they look differently they act they definitely talk differently because why because i'm believing that god will do it regardless if i see it or if i don't because I want to see God move, and I'll do it at all costs. I'm becoming who I was destined to be so that those who look at my life will look at an example of somebody who truly chased after Jesus, somebody who truly trusted Jesus. And in fact, when I think about these, these passages, when I think about this, I think about 2 Corinthians 12, 8, and 9. It says, this is Paul here, and he says, Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness, and therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You know, I'm sure Paul didn't look at this thorn in his flesh, and we don't know what it is, but he didn't look at it and was like, you know, like, man, I I didn't expect this. Like, right, when he gives his life to Jesus, like, he's not, I didn't expect this. I didn't expect this pain. I didn't expect all of these things. So what's the, like, he didn't expect it, but what he welcomed it, he embraced it, knowing that all the more while he's becoming like Jesus every single day. Like, I don't like this. It's not good. It hurts. But you know what? I'm becoming more like I'm getting closer to him. And I think that's the, that's what we're supposed to do in our faith. And where we lacked, man, where we lacked, that's where the power of God is able to, to be on the showcase, where it's being full expression. I think about Enoch who never died. You know, he lived 365 years Think about that. 365 years. That's literally a year for every day that's in a year. And then he never dies. And then God just like takes him up one day and he's gone. Why? Because he his, his, said his faith pleased God. And so God was like, I'm just going to let you live. Like, I don't want to live 365 years, but I think his faith pleased God. I want my faith to please God each and every day. So when I think about faith, let us not rush to the counter of Sundays, but let us rush to the feet of Jesus every day. And say, God, like, here it is. 
I've been trying to carry this thing. I'm burdened. I'm, I'm overwhelmed. This stuff is really heavy. And you know what? My faith, I'm just going to lay it at your feet. And so instead of trying to rush circumstantially to, the, to, to, to Sunday, it's like, oh, I made it another week. Oh, I made it another week. Oh, I'm here. I made it. I've arrived. No, we, we rush to the feet of Jesus. We lay at his feet and say, God, it's yours. Can you, can you help me? God, I've come to the end of myself. I can't do this anymore. And he's like, I know, I know. But now I can God, I, this, this doesn't look like I thought it was going to look, and it doesn't feel like I thought it was going to feel. And he's like, yeah, I know. It's okay. But you see past the horizon. You see beyond yourself. You're seeing what it truly can become. Faith moved able to choose a more acceptable sacrifice. Faith lifted Enoch from this life and taken him into heaven. Faith opened Noah's heart to step out in reverent obedience to God to build an ark. Faith motivated Abraham to obey God's call and to leave the familiar. Jacob worshiped and faced reality at the end of his life. Faith inspired Joseph to open his eyes to see into the future. Faith prompted the parents of Moses at his birth to hide him for three months. Faith enabled Moses to choose God's will over Pharaoh. Faith opened the way for the Hebrews to cross the Red Sea if, if on dry land. Faith pulled down Jericho's walls and faith provided a way of escape for Rahab. What is faith asking of us today? What is it ask calling of us today? As we end one decade and we enter another, what is in your heart that you can't get away from? What does God wake you up with that you constantly think about what is it that you think man i know this sounds crazy but if i take this step i'm walking in a fog well then maybe that's what god is calling you to maybe that's what exactly what he wants you to do is to step into something that is unknown to see where he might lead you what can you not get away from is it a step of obedience into the unknown is it coming to the end of yourself so that god can do all his he has intended in and through your life or maybe it's embracing that which looks different to see beyond the horizon and welcome something from afar. What I know is that God doesn't want your next thing to look exactly like this one. He doesn't want your next step of faith to look exactly like this one. He's like, it should look different. You're growing. You're progressing. You're getting closer to me. Let it look different. May it look different in all of our lives. Let's pray today. God, we love you. And God, today, whether or not our deepest longings and most desperate prayers are granted, our faith is in you. We trust you. We lean into you. Help us to desire your will above all else. Help us to embrace where you are calling us. God, help us to take simple steps of obedience toward your will. And God, may we trust you each and every moment, each and every day. May we, we rush to the feet of Jesus and not just to the counter of Sundays. God, may we rush to you each and every day. Jesus, we love you. We trust you. We thank you for who you are and what you've done in our hearts and our lives. In Jesus' name. If you're in here today with heads bowed and eyes closed, so that's a simple question. Maybe you come in here today and you think, you know, like, like, I feel like what God's asking me to do is actually just put my faith in him, to trust him, to give him my life. I believe that you're not here by accident, but you're here on intentionality that God would want you here to say, this is your moment, that this is your day. I destined you to be here because I love you and I care for you. And I want you to know and learn my unforced rhythms of grace. God wants to show you a different life, something that looks a little different. So if you're in here today and you say, look, I don't know God or I'm far from God, 
I just want you to raise your hand because I want to pray for you that God would meet you right where you're at in your seat that he could change your heart and change your life today. If that's you, you can just raise your hand. Let's pray today. Jesus, we love you. And God, I know that today that for each and every one of us there's a different, there's a different thing that we should do, a different act of faith that we should follow. And God, I pray that today that you give us the strength and the courage to do what you're calling us to do. God, as we lean into you, God, that you would lean back into us. And God, that we would draw closer to you each and every day. That our faith would grow stronger as we become more like you. And Jesus, we love you and we thank you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. And amen. Thanks again for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media and tag at VFC underscore Newcastle. If you haven't already, download the Victory Family Church app to stay connected with everything that's happening throughout the week. Thanks again for listening. Have an awesome week.